As maybe just maybe you find the inspiration to be romantic this morning now. You want to do something special for your partner. Maybe you're thinking, okay, this weekend we got a little extra time off. If I wake up just a little bit early, I can do the breakfast and bed thing. But don't. AMs with AJ on VFX because apparently nobody wants it. According to a recent poll, only 29% of people said they actually want to have breakfast in bed. And my initial thought was, wow, we are just becoming so much tougher to please. Why would we not want that? But then I thought about it. Because if you think about the breakfast foods, right? So you can have a medley of fruit. Okay, that's not bad. There's usually some kind of fluffy pastry, a pancake, a waffle, a crepe, filled with something. Nutella, whipped cream, syrup, something, right? And that can be messy. And then all of a sudden it's on your nice sheets. Because I don't know about you, but I'm a slob. Like Ashley and I don't have a dining room table. We started to spend a little bit more time out in our living room since our buddy came, which is actually twofold because then it's nice and cool in the bedroom since nobody's been sitting in there all day. But we don't have it. So it's either on our couch, on our floor, if we need the coffee table for support, like say we got knives and we need to cut something, or in the bedroom on the bed. Those are where the TVs are. So we, I mean, we're not going to sit and not watch TV. And I'm a bit of a slob. It just seems like I always manage crumbs, uh, spill something, so then it's stained. Like, that's what it is. There's one little twist that you just have to add, I think, for breakfast and bed to work. And it's very easy. When it's not yours. If it's not your bed, totally for it. Like, if you get one of those cards delivered for whatever reason, you get room service at a hotel, and you can roll that sucker in, you can just sit there in that big, poofy bed and have whatever, that's amazing. That is 100% romantic, and that will definitely work. But in your own bed, I think the concept is more romantic than the execution because crumbs, stains, like... Ashley, it was Ashley, I'm going to be honest. Ashley once spilled syrup in the VFX fan in the passenger seat. That is not easy to clean. And unsurprisingly, it is sticky and it is an absolute mess. Just blah. blah. So, yeah, breakfast in bed, scrap that. Let them come out to the smells and give you a hug. Like, there's nothing nicer than either way. Standing there at the stove, just whatever it is, and getting that hug from the backside. That's mm, chef's kiss. Chef's kiss on that. Chef's kiss as well to being able to vent properly in a professional setting because you can't just turn around and be like, hey, go kick rocks. You probably say that's not bad, but if there's ways to do it in emails that have just frustrated you beyond belief, that's what we need to know. Learning how to professionally curse, basically, is one of those skills as an adult nobody tells you you need. Take it from me, I know. AM's with AJ on VFX, but just the other day for Facebook Roulette, we had the one with all due respect is a ton of fun because it doesn't state how much respect is there. Could be none. And is it included in the comment? Per my last email, is a real way to jam it to them. So the question is, something I'm lacking as well would only help me benefit in the professional work setting is how how do you vent so to speak stick it to people just a little bit while still keeping it of course professional angie what do you do i usually try to tell them that i like just got this important email that i really need to Mm, focus on and then i'm just like oh can i buzz you later and then i never do (laughs) so it's just kind of uh the easiest way to just get someone out of your hair for a little while okay a little bit of space there i respect uh, my inbox an email, hit or miss, hit or miss. If you come find me, can't deny it. If it's in my inbox, hit or miss, hit or miss. How do you uh, deal with people? Maybe tell them to buzz off, as uh, Angie put it. Uh, Brian on the phone. Brian, what do you do? 
I mean, anytime a client gets upset with a problem with their service, I like to say, thanks for your patience. It's my version of telling them to get lost. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm human. I made a mistake. There's no need to flip out. <laughs> yes, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I believe, I, I, I don't know that this to be true. I wouldn't, I wouldn't count totally on my retail experience, but I believe... Actually, when you say you're going to go check to see if something in the back can be used in a similar manner, I know the little retail experience they had. If I wanted to go check in the back, it was legitimately, there was nothing back there. Our back was, there was a spare desk, there was a couple extra mannequins, and there was nothing else. There was nothing else back there. But that door symbolizes something and means hope. So I would say that if I really just needed to breathe it, I'd go back there and come back out. Well, I took a look and unfortunately I'm not seeing the size you're looking for. Though I did see, this is why I need this because one time uh, I worked at a retail store for my college, Purdue University. And so obviously on game day, especially football, we were super busy and, and it was near the end of a game and Purdue had won. And so people were in there shopping and stuff. And it's me. And there's like 40 people in the room. It's just me working. And someone goes, hey, can I try this on? And I go, what does this look like? A clothing store? And I walked off because I was just annoyed because somebody was supposed to come in and they called out. I was just fed up. Luckily, I, I think it kind of over their head and it was cooled out. But see, that's why you need to do this. Find out those ways to professionally be like, per my last email, if we if we refer back to what I said last time, see, see the advice needs to keep coming, though, because I got into one of the most Awkward and tough subjects with my father the other day. And then when it came to giving him advice, crickets. I need advice for my advice. How much have you prepared for your financial future, I guess is what you would call it. AMs with AJ for the Gold's Gym debated aid on VFX, like retirement and savings and such. Because i got to be honest, one of the most uncomfortable conversations I think you can have is with a, I would say, older family member, but especially a parent talking about their financial futures, and they, they just say, well, we don't have one. We're just going to have to work until ultimately that's it. Most uncomfortable conversation I've ever had. And I don't know how to advise on that because the advice, like, for, I'm going to be 33, and it feels like I'm set in what I'm going to do, and if whatever reason I can't do it tomorrow for work, I would be, oh, no. But the, real, the truth of the matter is there's still plenty of time in front of me for my parents, for my father, the advice of, oh, well, you can just find something else. You can go back and make a change. It's, I don't think it's untrue, but realistically at the double nickel, 55, I think the window is definitely limited. And the other day, my dad said something to me because I told you the story about how he kind of got busted at work the other day and I swung in a miss when it came to advice because he got caught basically. Basically, he was time stealing. He was just making things take longer to, to boost the hourly wage. And all I said was, well, yeah, that sucks. And all I could think was, you shouldn't do that. Neither of those things good advice. Well, frustrated, wants a better job, looking for other jobs. And he said something to me the other day about how feels like his age is starting to really limit his options. And I believe what I, what I said was, and that's about what I mustered for 10 seconds before I tried to gather and put on some, uh, nah, nah, there's, there's something out there trying to be positive because I didn't know what to say. I was at a complete loss of work. Like, what do you say in that situation? I talked about how I feel like there was a a crux or a, a threshold that was crossed where my brother and I felt like there was a lot of life situations where there wasn't necessarily going to be a lot of substantial advice that could be given down from parent to us because we'd just done a, a bunch of different things that they hadn't done in their life. 
this situation, how would I know how to advise that? How would I, I could, I could say all the normal garbage, but that, like, yeah, he could go back to school and do that, but financially, is it a means? Is they're trying to deal with what they're dealing with? Is there really an option? Can you wait that long? Do you even know what you want to do? Is it, I mean, is it true? I, I have no reason to doubt him either. It's just one of those things where I was floored immediately and had no idea what to say. So 68255 is the number to text. Start your text with VFX. How do you give advice in that situation? Because really, realistically, actually, excuse me, somewhat realistically, very little. All I've come up with is hit it big and then have him work, do something for me. Probably more a ceremonial job than anything just to take care of him and get him out of there and have him okay. Other than that, I, huh, nothing. It's, one, it's probably the toughest conversation I didn't have. I The toughest conversation I was brought into, and whew, I think generally it, it's important, very important. I, I believe and I reiterate all the time, if you don't know to say I don't know, you can speculate or whatever, but if you're like asking, I don't know. I asked yesterday what the consignment means, and I could not remember. I said, I don't remember off the top of my head. That's an important skill. But generally, I feel like I more often than not have something I can contribute to a conversation and nothing. Actually, there's another layer to this conversation we're going to get to a little bit later this morning. Not as as deep, not as personal, just a general question for you in terms of that backup plan. That's to come a little bit later because right now we got to focus on starting our mornings off right, and that is laughing at the pure stupidity that is Florida not. Because, of course, no one is going to forget a piece of United States history if you steal that from a museum. And no, this is not a Nicolas Cage thing. And then sometimes you got to improvise on a crime. Not that we ever would, but sometimes you do. Deep down, we watch any crime-related show, a CSI, even some of those serial killer ones you think to yourself, I could have done it better. In some capacity, you think that. Ames with AJ at VFX, it's Florida Not, so it's natural you watch National Treasure, the movie, and you think, I could do that better. But there's no way you're going to take something out of a museum, especially an American piece of history, and people are going to be like, ah, well, he got away. Headline number one, a guy was doing some contract work at a museum, the Navy SEAL Museum, and was caught trying to steal a ballistic vest Worn by a member of SEAL Team 6 when they took out Osama bin Laden. I think I think we're going to want to track that one down. The, the museum, the police, the FBI probably. I think most of the military also going to want to track that down. You ain't going to make it away with that one there, buddy. Headline <laughs> number two. A guy broke into a gas station, was unable to access the registers, so he just filled it a garbage bag with candy and energy drinks and took off. Sometimes you got to adapt. And I got to tell you, very rarely do you hear a Florida story go, I would have done the same thing. I would have done the exact same thing. Now, I would have I would have done the first part, breaking into the gas station. But if I found myself in that situation and I couldn't get the money, I would have done the exact same thing. Candy and energy drinks. Probably a Slurpee for my trouble, too, if I could manage to make it work. You know what's sad, I realize? If I did come home, no, no explanation, of course. Don't worry about it. But if I did come home with a garbage bag full of candy... I don't, still don't think it'd be enough for my girlfriend. There'd still be one day where she's out. She's like, oh, but I saw these jelly beans. It's a garbage bag of candy at home. Florida not AMs with AJ on VFX. We'll get to that. I would have made the same call, though, for, for story number two. Story number one, a contractor was doing some work in a military museum, and he saw something a little fancy because it's a part of American history. He saw a ballistic vest worn by a member of SEAL Team 6 during the Osama bin Laden raid. Uh, raid. Uh, so he was like, 
I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. So he took it. Uh, another employee confronted him. He admitted he took it, claimed he just wanted a picture of the vest, which they found crammed inside his toolbox. And he was, of course, arrested and now facing charges for felony larceny. Like, no, you can't just walk away with the Declaration of Independence if you didn't see that movie. They were mad about it. Like, they followed you. The government was going to figure that one out. Story number two, a guy broke into a gas station last week using a crowbar to smash the glass of the front door. When he got in, though, the problem is he couldn't access the registers because they were behind one of those walls of bulletproof glass. So what did he do? Realizing he already was in there, he was wearing all his cool all-black burglar outfit, he decided to take a garbage bag. And he filled it with candy and energy drinks, carried it to his vehicle, and left. Still looking for him. Got to improvise sometimes. Again, I wouldn't do the part where I uh, am breaking and entering. But if I woke up and I'm already partway there and all of a sudden I've got I've to think on my feet. Yeah, I'm doing the same thing. Candy and energy drinks. Frankly, you know what I'm taking is uh, beef jerky while we're at it. Because, I mean, good gosh, it's like that bag in there is the size of, it's like the length of your hand. And it's like $14. I ain't paying for this. I'm here specifically for this. So the question is, of these two stories, which one's the dumbest? Generally, the stupidest, craziest one is the one from Florida. And while none of us should ever commit a crime, obviously we can admit we would have done something similar if we found ourselves in the case of story number two. He he was at least didn't go home empty-handed. The dude in story number one, that was never going to go well. They were never going to let you go with it. It's a piece of American history, and you're like, I got this. I, they, pff, I'll take it. No one's going to notice a thing. They won't. you got to be kidding me. And that's why we say story number one. Correct. Which happens to be correct because it happened down in Florida. It was just such an absolute idiot on a military base, no less. You just can't fix stupid. Florida not on VFX. Speaking of dumb, something happened. In, uh, I believe it was Japan. But if you thought 2022 was maybe, it was, it was at least uh, treading water as opposed to these last two years. Uh, bad news. I'm pretty sure that worldwide, it's not going to be great again based on a curse. Who had haunted rock breaking, supposedly freeing demon trapped inside for 2022? Like, did it feel like we were supposed to be past all this stuff? AMs with AJ on VFX, but that's exactly what happened. There's a boulder in Japan that supposedly had an evil demon trapped inside it for uh, almost a thousand years, tied to a lore of back to the 12th century, and it cracked, just broke in half, and now a demon has broken free. Now, initially, everyone's like, okay, that's terrible news, but the problem is, is no one's totally sure because something, okay, crap, demon's free. He's going to wreak havoc on the world. We're like, oh, thank goodness, because 2022 is just going so great. And then other people say, well, no, 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 it's, it's good. The demon is free. They're going to gonna heal the world. It's, it might be a good thing. Either way, I feel like historians, people who study Japanese mythology, ought to pour over that immensely. Because if it isn't good news... Probably ought to react accordingly and quickly, might I add. So, and cl- there's enough confusion about it. People have been debating what do they do because of this giant boulder that is supposed to hold a demon in it has now set the demon free. And some people say, no, no leave it alone. It's going to be fine. So they support the, the healing. And some people say, no, let's cement it back together. Clearly in the realm of, no, no this is bad. We Let's seal this up and pretend it never happened. One big problem with that. Apparently... 
Anyone who touches it dies. So there's just, I mean, I don't know if Hollywood needed a movie idea, but here you go. As if from March of 2020 to this point, it hasn't really felt like a soap opera because the storylines are just all over the place. Here's another one. A giant boulder cursed with a demon that may just may hurt the world yet again has been set free and no one can decide what to do. You can't make this stuff up. It's like watching a superhero movie and be like, what is, how are they going to overcome this? And the answer is music spite and one day at a time. That's all you can do, I think. Speaking of spite, I don't I don't want to I don't want to tell you. I don't want to put too much on it, but apparently texting drive safe is a bad thing. We got a listener message on our social media that is really up in arms about it and I I'm confused and also concerned that I do this. Do you tell someone to drive safe when they're heading out and about or heading home or where visiting? Do you do so? Ames with AJ on VFX because I do. And now I'm concerned it's a problem because we got a message from a listener on, on, on Facebook. It says, I hate when a man says drive safe or text when you get home so I know you made it. It's insulting. What he's really saying is, you're a woman, and I don't think you know how to get home safely because you don't know how to drive. Society's always put extra pressure on women when it comes to their driving. Men need to stop saying drive safe to women like ASAP. I'm a better driver than most of the men in my life. I don't go around telling them to drive safe. It's 2022. So, I, okay. I, in some capacity, tell everyone that I see that leaves. Like my, my buddy, right? So he, I took him to the airport. He... Uh, Flew home and I texted him as he flew to make sure he was good. I said, travel safe. But I tell in some capacity that in to everyone, be safe, travel safe, drive safe, whatever it is. This phrase specifically drive safe. I think I do tend to use more towards girls. And I don't know that it's specific. I, I, I guess I can't. I never thought of this before. I do, again, in some capacity, say travel safe, drive safe, whatever to anybody Who's going home? I've said it to I say it to my brother all the time. Um, but for instance, like Ashley goes down to visit her mom who lives in Layton. And if she's coming back, she'll say, Hey, heads up, I'll be back, blah, 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 blah. And I'll say, Okay, drive safe. And I don't think to myself, like, be it's just like well wishes, like manifesting. Cause she'll say the same thing to me. I mean, I went to Vegas a couple uh weeks ago, right, for vacation, and she texted me. I said, I'm gonna head home. She said, okay, be careful, drive safe. It's just one of those things. I don't think it's necessarily like uh, I'm looking out for you on my on my behalf. Let me be clear. On my behalf, it's more of a manifestation of like bl- like blessing. I says it sounds way douchey saying it that way, but like you know what I mean. Maybe that's the case. I, I feel like the fact that I say some capacity of travel safe to people in general, but. I don't know. Is that is that really a thing? 68255, the number to text. Start your text with VFX. Is it really just a clever guys, I guess, so to speak, to sort of put down someone's driving? I've just never heard it that way. It's not how I would take it. The message we got. 68255, the number to text. Start your text with VFX. Um, one thing I do know for sure is I've never said, oh, Drive safe to the people in Parknarks. Not, I don't say the other thing either. I don't say the opposite. But they're on our Facebook page. They deserve a little bit of heat because more often than not, they have parked incorrectly. And it's not like they magically did so. 
Like, nominee number one this week, have you seen him? It's not like that dude parked there in, like, every spot he shouldn't be in and was like, oh, why well, didn't know? I didn't see the signs. We always hear terrible excuses in Florida and not. Like, there's people who are like, oh, there's drugs in your pants. Like, those aren't my pants. I think anyone gets busted for park narcs. Like, they find out later, right, because it's on the Facebook page, Utah's VFX, pinned to the top, go and vote. But they find out later that someone's like, oh, I, uh, I, I didn't see the signs. Like, for nominee number one, that 100% wouldn't work. And there's a reason why early on, I will say, they were running away with the vote. We'll see. We got to tally him up tomorrow. But nominee number one, there are some spots here somewhere. It has one wheel. Uh, just give me his, let's just, his two front wheels in the special needs spots, the two back wheels in the stripy rectangle, and it split the signs say special needs spots for the ones that its front wheels are in. Like, it took its time and was just like, oh, I'm just here to have a good time. There's no, I, I didn't know. I had no idea. Like, really? really? There has to be a terrible excuse for that. There's no way they could justify it any other way. Let's just flat out don't care. And then, well, that's just a whole separate realm of person. I mean, case closed. They're a jerk. Nominee number two, this is how to quick park stop, or excuse me, quick stop park. This is how to quick stop park is a textbook example of an excuse if there is a bad one that we have heard in park narcs. It's the, I just, I just got to run it for a second. It's fine. I just got to run it for a second. That's exactly what this one is. You park at 45 degrees, you take up two spots right at the front of the store where everybody's going to see you. If there's one thing I think Park Narc voters have shown, it's if you're in the back of the parking lot and you park like a jack wagon, there's at least a little bit semblance of, a, I wouldn't say forgiveness, but understanding because like you're not inconveniencing people who probably need the spots more. But you're right up front. You're front and center. You might as well say, look at me. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm more important than everyone else. Can't you tell? Vote for the one that annoys you the most on our Facebook page, pinned to the top, Utah's VFX. Also on our Instagram, Utah's VFX. And of course, if you see terrible parking, you can submit your nominees to all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Utah's VFX. I wish that I could take my dad somewhere like Cash Valley Fun Park and distract him with fun and then be like, hey, champ, see, it's going to be all right. But the other day he asked me, about his potential career prospects and feeling like he was too old to really make a change, and I had nothing to say. So my question is, is it bad to have a backup plan? And What was yours if you had one? To succeed in your passion, you have to go 100% all in, no backup plan. That is a cliche and one that initially my reaction is, that is so stupid. Ams with AJ on VFX, but then I'm doing that, I'm like, I am so stupid. Yesterday I told you how my dad expressed concern to me about being unhappy in his current job and wanting to make a change, but concerned that his age was a factor in, in his options going forward. And I don't think he really has a backup plan. And so that cliche to me is always dumb because I think it's always smart to be able to not plan for disaster necessarily, but put certain protections in place, right? It's why you save money. It's why you develop a rainy day fund, finances being such a big one. I watch myself follow a similar path as my father. There are things along the way that I've developed that I think could be qualified as backup plans, but like if I'm not allowed to do radio for whatever reason tomorrow, do I have something in place where I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll just swing them? Not necessarily. And so here I am saying that I think it's dumb not to have a backup plan, and I don't have one. And I think really that cliche that it's if you're passionate about something, you want to succeed, you have to go 100%, don't have a backup to fall back on. I think it depends on who you are. Knowing me myself, I think having having an out gives me a convenient excuse. 
having something to jump back to gives me a reason to, I guess, not persevere as much or decide that, yeah, I don't want to do this path of least resistance, so to speak. And so I think to get to where I am, for instance, I was unemployed for seven months between radio jobs before I took this job. And I had family members telling me, I think maybe it's time that you switch. Maybe it's time you make a different career path because it just doesn't seem like it's working out. Maybe it's run its course. I had people tell me that. But I said, no, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I want to do. I know I can do this. I'm going to do it. Luckily, my perseverance paid off. But that was also helpful when I was 26. And I'm only 32 now, so there's still time. But I think it depends on who you are. I think it's good to develop backup plans and to develop your options. Why would you not want to open as many doors as possible? But I think the important thing is to remember also not at the detriment of whatever number one is, right? Whatever priority one is. I think it's good to have offshoots, to provide backup plans, to provide other revenue streams, whatever it is, to just expand your experience, right? To make yourself more diverse and in, uh, be able to be utilized. But if it comes at the expense of whatever priority one is, doesn't that kind of benefit it? One of my favorite sayings from uh, uh, Parks and Recreation is never half but two things, whole but one thing, which is kind of the same thing ultimately. So I think the cliche is dumb. I think part of it is knowing yourself, and I guess actions speak louder than words. I have implemented for myself, so I'm following in the footsteps of my father. When it came to advice for him, I still haven't figured out. I haven't talked to him. I haven't been avoiding him, but he's done me a solid in terms of bailing me out and letting me think for a second, but I'm not sure what to tell him in terms of his age going forward. I think if you persevere enough, there's something out there for you, but he's also been doing this for a long time and I don't want to necessarily just give him bubblegum nonsense. Maybe if I distract him with good news, I know that sounds terrible, but I've been talking about engagements a lot. Actually two separate things about that. Siblings and children, both possible of annoying you so much and throwing such huge temper tantrums for this situation, two entirely different things. One reasonable, Toys. The other one, well, technically, I think you could classify it as as girls and their toys, but uh, sibling competition always, always going to be there. I would never let my kids spend so much time with technology. Is it what I feel like a lot of people say and a lot of people judge others for? Because we all would, we all want the kids to have something better than we had, right? AMs with AJ's the goals gym debate today. That was one of the greatest things my father ever said to me, and he strived to do is that he said his goal as a father is to start me on a path further ahead than his started so that I can advance to a better life. And he has strived to do that. And thank you, Dad. And so I think when you think about how you be a parent, right, they're gonna eat, they're gonna eat wholesome foods and the processed fast food stuff. They're not gonna have a ton of time with technology. Everybody says that, but then at the end of the day, you're human. There's times you just want to do something quick. Or you just need them to just be distracted for just a second so you can, because life is going on. That being said, I will not say that I am not guilty of maybe, just maybe judging my friends who have kids for the shortcuts they've taken. Not so much that they do an individual. It's not like they hand a phone. I go, oh gosh, I cannot believe you're doing that. You're rotting your kid's mind. And it's not that. Like I grew up on video games. Got no problem with it. It's the dependency I wouldn't go as far as say addiction but the dependency for instance for instance um buddy of mine has a kid a kid will not do anything like will not lay down will not do anything less gets phone tablet whatever to watch cartoons I think it's generally what it is just will not do anything refuses throws a temper tantrum 
absolutely will not be the case. And I think that one pretty common nowadays. Uh, Jill's on the line. Jill, uh, kid technology addiction, something similar to that? The way my daughter behaves when you take the iPad away is borderline insane. When it's time to give it up, she has a full-blown tantrum. And she's eight. She's way too old to be behaving like that. Uh, And we eventually mm -hmm. have to take it away altogether. And, and, yeah, okay. See, so when you say it like that, Jill, thank you for sharing. You're like, oh, my gosh, that's so bad. The kids. But you think about it, like, growing up, my brother and I couldn't share anything. And, yeah, our parents could have set down rules or whatever, but it, it ultimately turned out fine. We had to have one of each thing. Like Game Boys is the one that specifically comes to mind for me. We each had our own Game Boy. We each had our own Game Boy Color. We each had our own Game Boy DS. We could be asked to share. And um, again, lower middle class, that's a huge sacrifice for my family to do. And see, I think each parent tries to set out with a standard. And then, you know, life's about compromise. You compromise here or there. But you try and stay as close to that original path and make the changes and adjustments as you can. But I, you know, I was, I was, I was a little bit taken aback. A little bit taken aback that the kid was, uh, dare I say, bossing around dad like that was what I overheard and that's why I was asking. Uh, Paul's on the line. Paul, technology addiction for kids. What's what's the story? Well, my son, he gets so into his video games that he even forgets to eat. Like, <laughs> if I don't bro. force him to stop to have lunch or to have dinner, he will seriously stay on the screen from morning until night. Yeah. And yeah. I just, it's not healthy. Uh, probably not. There's been, so... Video games, I feel like, has come full circle. Well, not full circle, half circle at least. Because for so long, I'm going, oh, you're rotting your brain. You got to go outside, all that stuff. And you should. You shouldn't be on all the time. But there's been benefits, right? Teamwork, uh, hand-eye coordination, I think, are things that have improved with video games. More importantly, I'm not saying necessarily that anybody wants to start their kid out and be like, oh, my kid's going to be a professional gamer. But that is legitimately something that can be done. I mean, and streaming has also obviously taken off, especially in the pandemic. I'm just saying, just saying, Paul, that there's there's some underlying benefits that could be there. But yeah, your kid should eat. You're not wrong. Look, same seats though, bro. Like I can play video games all day too. Uh, <laughs> uh, one one last game turns into six in the morning. It's happened plenty of times. So kids, maybe potentially the future engagement, definitely in the future. And what I've come to find is one of the things about. Uh, you know, talking about being a parent is dealing with kids and, and trying to stay close to the values you want to set. You also have to deal a little bit with sibling rivalries, right? Because nobody's your favorite, wink. But what I've come to find is there's a sibling competition I wasn't ready for. I'm going to be the best sibling no matter what. I'm going to be the favorite. I don't care who you are. If you have at least one sibling, there is an underlying subconscious desire to be the favorite. Now, now, that's not to say you get dirty about it and you're a jerk about it or anything, but there is a competition regardless. AMs with AJ on VFX. It's a goals gym debate at eight. And it comes out in interesting ways. Like, it already wasn't a stress-filled, anxiety-filled situation to get engaged, right? Want to do it exactly right. Had to get the right ring. Want to do it the exact moment. Then there's all those self-confidence issues about what you'll look like in pictures, but then we'll put that aside for a minute. And then to find out, oh, no, my girlfriend's sister is now in the same ballpark in terms of uh, what you're looking at to do with her life as well. And now I've got a time time frame to do so. Now there's a little bit of competition about which sibling's going to get engaged first. Let me be clear. I'm, there's a difference between being the first one to get engaged and getting engaged first. Being the first one to getting engaged, That's my brother did that to me. My brother dated his high school sweetheart. He got uh, engaged. Oh, 
uh, six, seven years ago. He got married five years ago this August. That's different because nowhere in the ballpark. I was nowhere in the ballpark. But if you find yourself in a situation now, we've shopped for rings. Sisters shop for rings. Maybe we've bought a ring. They're starting to look at rings. All of a sudden, you got to have that conversation with the girl's dad. That's entirely different. Now, all of a sudden, that stress level goes to a maximum because now it feels like there's a shrunk down window to operate in that maybe or maybe not was already there. But I, I panicking, panicking, basically, because this sibling competition, I fully understand. And I feel like I have to acknowledge we have to win. But that just makes it that much more stress filled when all of a sudden you take this huge moment that was going to take the right kind of willpower and set up and all everything had to be perfect. And now you got to speed it up to match a certain time frame. I got to be honest, what's even more concerning is my sisters are a year and a half apart in age. They are both in serious relationships. When I went home for Christmas, I got to meet both of, both their boyfriends, which was a big thing, right? Introduce them to the brothers. I am now concerned that this issue may come up again in my life, but and now in my own family, where they have to deal with two sisters who are deciding, oh, okay, I'm going to be the first. Like, hey, you're in your low, you're in your low twenties. Take a breather. It's going to be fine, but I'm concerned they're going to hit the hyperspeed on it solely because of sibling competition. It's ruining my life, up, right, and down. Interesting conversation yesterday. So the the most common dream in the United States is your teeth falling out, which has to basically do with stress, anxiety, big life changes. And in discussing that in the after show, producer Butters, Mima, and I came to a certain interesting realization. One of us may be able to predict the future. Would you want to be able to predict the future? Because the quick answer, I feel like, is always yes. Why would I not want to do that? Lottery numbers... Benefit and tables of health and all that. Yeah. But then, man, everything, not much is a surprise. And then you know stuff. And then you are going to tell people. Regardless, if you can, cool. You could weigh in for sure on our social media, Utah's VFX. Say it was with AJ on VFX. But we actually might have someone in the building that can do so. We're talking about dreams yesterday in the after show, which you can find on Facebook and Twitter and Twitch and YouTube, Utah's VFX. Happens every day at 1030. Because the most common dreams Google's was released worldwide. In the United States, it's teeth falling out, which is meant to signify uh, a big change, stress, unsurprisingly so. And producer Butters and I, we've never had that specific dream, even though, yeah, we've encountered all of those things. So we're talking about dreams specifically. Mima talked about how she has had multiple examples and gave a specific one, just in case you doubt, of how she has been able to see the future somewhat. And it was like, you're like, whoa. And I I was kind of jealous because what anybody ever have that sensation where it feels like deja vu, but you know better? Like deja vu is, I think, an issue where your brain has trouble converting short-term memory to long-term memory. So instead, it feels like you're reliving a moment you've already been in. But it, like I'll have dreams where there's certain things that happen. And it's usually settings that I wander into and I, I in awestruck for a second, I'm like, oh. Wait, I recognize this. I've seen these things before. And I know it's easy to write off and I've been told, no, it's deja vu. You're not actually seeing them. But I, I recognize them from dreams I've had, just little bits and pieces. It's not anything. I can't predict the future like Mima. And I was just curious if anybody else has any kinds of those experiences, whether it's hers where she had a vision that they were going to change the jersey color, so she bought the jersey color and she was right, or my much, much smaller, much, much not as important um seeing bits and pieces 
or faces maybe. I think once, once, once occasionally, very rarely, I see a face and I feel like I recognize him, but I don't. I don't ever remember the two. I have such problems remembering my dreams. You can, it's really good to sketch. You can watch the videos up on our Facebook page. You have to scroll down like two posts, I think. Uh, but I'm curious if you have any in, in interesting or peculiar situation with your dreams in terms of, I guess, future telling, for lack of a better phrase. You know, while I discuss sibling rivalries and how it feels like all of a sudden my proposal timeline has gotten sped up yet again, I then am, have a nice little event that reminds me, well, I'm not quite an adult, and I can remember that as I try and prepare this very adult, very big move in my life, and that is there's a lot of reasons you should want to buy a house, your own space, next step in life, all of that, just so you can get a dog, probably not one of them. Talking about engagements, another international vacation on the horizon, retirements, financial planning, all of that part of the conversation between my girlfriend and I, and still, lovely enough, Get reminders that I'm not totally a full-fledged adult quite yet. AMs with AJ on VFX because there's a lot of reasons to get a house. Your own space, the next step in your life, to build the, I don't know, maybe the foundation of getting a family, all of that. There's a lot of good reasons, adult reasons, to have a house. I don't think on the top of the list is so you can get a dog. <laughs> Ashley and I went out for a walk yesterday because the weather is beautiful, and Crazy enough, there are two houses on our block that are for sale, which is nuts. I, actually, I, sorry, I heard maybe, probably not though. That wink, there's two houses maybe for sale. In case we want to look at them, we want people to snatch them up already for sale. And so we're looking at them because you know it's a fun thing to do. We don't own a house, neither of us ever has. So we sp- just to see what the price is. We know how ridiculous Utah is. So we're looking at it, and thus far, nothing on the listing. But then we have a conversation because like 75 people were out walking the dogs yesterday because the weather's got nice. And whenever that happens, Ashley talks about how badly she wants one and how to make that happen. And she's like, well, if we get a house, we can get a dog. Like we should buy that house on the corner and then we can get a dog. And I'm like, I don't think that's a great reason. Like it can be in the pro column. That's fine because our apartment complex in the agreement, we are not allowed to have pets. I'm pretty much every one of my apartment complex I've ever lived in, you can't have pets unless you pay some astronomical fee for some, some of them. But pro column for getting a dog, buying a house. Not main reason. That's like Mariah Carey, like, I bought a house for my dogs. Like, we ain't, we ain't rolling like that. It's not that simple. We buy a house for us because potentially at this point in the Utah market, we might be actually also buying our coffins. And then it can be a pro that, yeah, because we bought our own house, we can now have a dog. That's good to go. Just a reminder, and one of the things that Ashley does, nice enough to remind me every once in a while that even though you can be stressed about but whatever of the adult world, that's still going on. makes me feel not quite there. That being said, anybody knows a house that's not like $6 million, that would be great. Because that's just running gang now. We just don't even bother to look anymore, right? Because the housing market is just absolutely insane. What kind of energy do we need to channel from Facebook onto the VFX Facebook page? So when you show up, it's at least interesting things, right? It's fun stuff. It's inspiring questions. Maybe a sale here or two to give you some heads up, some information. Good stuff, right? Well, you follow your friends, friends, AJ Knight on uh, Facebook, then it could be your post that I decide needs to be on VFX's Facebook page. Like my friend Brittany, who shared a picture of a tweet, says, I once watched a colleague who had just returned to work after maternity leave highlight every email in her inbox and press delete. When she saw the look on my face, she shrugged and said, they really need to talk to me. They'll find me. 
I think of her nearly every day. Exactly. She is more courageous because she deletes them. I just don't even pay attention to them. But yeah, they, something important. Someone will say something to me, right? I'll get the information. It'll show up somewhere. Yeah, yeah totally. I mean, honestly, it's the same thing with mail, right? You throw it. really important. They'll mail it again. They'll mail it again. <laughs> I don't suggest this. I honestly don't. I don't. Last thing I need is being called into HR meetings. Being, All right. So, AJ, we heard that you're telling people they can delete their emails and throw company mail. That's not what I said. The AJ Knight across all social media. Same for Utah's VFX. Find an ad. Uh, vote for Park Next. Tomorrow we find out who's the worst parker in Cash Valley this week. And, of course, you can um, submit your nominees. You see terrible parking. Take a picture. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Utah's VFX. Any of those places, it works to be sent. The podcast, same, Utah's VFX. The after show, same, social media, Utah's VFX. is producer Butters and Meemaw will be in here in about 40 minutes, about 1030. And I think the discussion is going to have to center around siblings because we all have them. And there's definitely some crazy stories. I, I think I can, I, I'll, I will share the story of how my brother deafened me in one ear because it's it, it doesn't make any sense. It would not happen anywhere else. But, 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 but. Make sure you enjoy the weather until tomorrow morning for AMs with AJ. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. And thanks for listening to VFX.